0: Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Lindsay. Um, is that really the only time you've heard me speak? Yeah. Really? Cool. That is cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, that's awesome. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Um, and thank you for introducing me. Let me take my jacket off. I don't really need it. It's actually not that cold in here. I get really fearful that places are going to be cold. I don't like being cold. It's not good for me. Oh, hi. Um, so I also want to thank the group for asking me to come and share, uh, this This group and the, I mean, it's still connected with Monday night, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this group, PPG, and also connected with the Monday night Ridgeview meeting has been one of the most consistent and most instrumental pieces of my entire recovery, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I believe that when, hey, T. Um, you made it. So, yeah, when I had about, I'm thinking it's hard. Um, I must've had about three years sober and I didn't sense that I, you know, I was just such a, just sit in the row and I listened to Jerry and, you know, sit up front and I just listened to people talk and, So when Jerry was like, hey, kid, you got to get up here and do this with me and sit beside me and do this book study, I was like, no, I can't do that. I'm too, I don't know anything and I'm too young and, you know, you you know, all this stuff. I don't know any of this stuff. And he was like, yeah, that's great. You got to get up here with me. I I don't care. And I'm so grateful that you didn't really listen to me and that you (laughs) lovingly put me beside you because... You've been one of the most influential teachers that I've had and the experience of doing that book study with PPG, um, had a massive impact on my recovery in this, in the experiences that I've had. So I want to give that thank you as well. Um, <clears throat> and let's say I was separated from alcohol on April 23rd, 2007. And that's, uh, that was that. And I rarely share <coughs> any, um, as far as like childhood goes, fine, whatever, it doesn't matter have a sister, she's a year older, it's tight, we're fine, all is well. And I go directly into, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my relationship with alcohol. And I, I usually share this because it kind of just, it, it was shared to me and it still, it blows my mind how much of an impact every time I read it really does have because I like, remember those those times. When I I met this guy years ago, I had a very (laughs) painful time in my experience, and he was taking me through the steps, and we were going through the book, and there was a paragraph in there in How It Works, which we read, not in this meeting, um, thank God, opinion, um, that is read a lot in Alcoholics Anonymous meetings at the beginning, which is a great thing to read. It's awesome. It's called How It Works, and it's read so much. It's read so much that I'm pretty sure that no one hears it. Um, and then it's repeated very much that I'm sure it's been, in my experience, just repeated incorrectly. And so when he told me this and, and shared it with me, it made an impact. He said, Lindsay, if you're ever going to share your experiences, because there's many different places in the book where it kind of instructs us on on how to carry or share a message. But he goes, if you're going to share your experience on page 58 says, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. And he said, so if you're going to share it, <clears throat> which up until then, I'd read that for over six years, so what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And he was like, well, if you're going to share it, share it on what it used to be like. So share your state of being and the state of consciousness in which you existed while you were getting drug around by alcohol, in which you could not differentiate true from false into which you did not have awareness of reality or God or, you know, these things. He was like, share that and convey those experiences and then convey what happened and then what your experience is now, so what it is currently. So briefly, I really just hope, because, I mean, I do, I know most people in here, I know half the room, and half the room the individuals I know have definitely heard me speak and have definitely heard my experience and have heard my story. Um, except I can't believe that you've only heard me speak once. And like, Unless I forget. <laughs> no, I think that's it. You know? And it was a long time ago, um, which is awesome. But I think uh, what I would love to be able to share is to share an experience that someone shared with me, which is someone disturbed me on the question of alcoholism. That's it. Someone just deeply disturbed me and people in, in my life today continue to do that. They continue to disturb me and I get questioned and, um, and it really does. It provides a new, new experience for me. When someone says, well, how do you know? Why do you think that? Are, are you sure that's true? Have you ever looked at this? Have you ever thought that maybe you're wrong? You know, maybe you don't know everything. And, um, so my experience with, with alcoholism is, is, is pretty simple. When I first, my first drink doesn't really matter to much. Um, I was like in eighth grade, it doesn't matter. It's just fine. Um, it was really not too long after that. And it is true. It's funny because if you were to ask, like my sister is, is 13 months older than I than I am. So she, we grew up like side by side, literally. She was like my best friend, the ride or die. They're like, you know, we're tight. And if I, I talked to my sister years ago about this and my sister can't tell you like, she can tell you drinking experiences, right? She's like, yeah, maybe I got that drunk at that party that one time. <laughs> um, but I had these, I had these profound experiences uh, with drinking that she just never had. Right, so I remember like vividly. I remember vividly the first time that um, I experienced freedom for myself. Right, because alcoholism is described as this like uh, illness, right, of the mind, body, and spirit. And it's like what the Big Book describes it, and the root is selfishness and self-centeredness. And the whole thing is that we need to get um, in contact with a power greater than ourselves into basically try to diminish or remove the selfishness, the self-propulsion, right? So the first time I experienced like a bondage, like, God, please remove the bondage of self, right? Third step. But I experienced it with alcohol, you know, at that time I experienced, I was relieved of the bondage of me, you know, and I remember it vividly. I remember it so bad. I could tell you, I'm not going to go into it, but I could tell you the car I was in, where we were driving, the time of evening it was, I don't really remember the later part of the evening, hence we, you know, I blacked out, but I remember waking up. I remember what, I mean, I remember everything about it. Um, And my sister remembers when she fell in love. She can tell you everything about it. She can tell you where she was standing, what he was wearing, right? All this kind of stuff. And it's a big (laughs) discernment between my sister and myself, right? Alcohol did for me something that, that nothing else had ever done for someone like me. So I, uh, I drank, had a good time. It was awesome. That was all good and fine. All was well, honestly, truly, when I'm, uh, I had no idea that alcohol was actually going to make my, it seems like it's the thing. uh, One of my favorite parts in Bill's story is when it talks about the boomerang, right? The boomerang all but come back and cut me to ribbons. All right. And I love that, that, that analogy because it was like the thing that set me free from me, right, came back only but to chain me, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's kind of that's my experience with alcohol. I drank, no idea that I had alcoholism. Now, granted, now when I was 14, my mom had this gnarly sit down talk with me. This like, Lindsay, I love you, and I'm just really worried about you. Alcoholism runs in our family, and I'm just so worried about you. And I'm like, good God, like that's so dramatic. I have no intention on taking this too far. Like I have no intention of being an alcoholic. That's super weird. Just don't don't care. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. Keep going. Um <clears throat> and then things went to a dramatic left pretty fast for someone like me. Jerry and I were like had this awesome dinner and we had all these awesome talks and he just he's like, I don't understand. You just either did a really good job of burning your life down really fast, or I just did a really good job at stringing mine along much longer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Jerry, that's totally sucks, bro. <laughs> you strung yours along for a while. Um, so I, I got in a lot of trouble. I mean, everything about me looks like trouble. I was trouble. I was that nightmare and it, my parents and everyone around me at that time would attest to it. Yep. She's a nightmare. So <clears throat> it's not shocking that, um, the first time I got in legal trouble with drinking, I was 18 and neither here nor there. It wasn't a big deal. You know, North Carolina, it's not that big of a deal. It's where I grew up. But um, the problem was, is that I, my, I, my dad sat me down. He was like, not that mad about the drinking stuff. He was like, of course you're drunk all the time, whatever. He didn't really care. He was just like, dude, you got to like get it together though. Now Like, you get it. You partied for a while, but like you need to get it together. And I was like, dude, you're so right. Like, you're right. I need to clean up a bit. I'm a bit sloppy. I'm kind of a jerk. That's cool. And so I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay sober. And so a friend of mine on the same night overdosed. So I was like, all right, let's just get, get sober. Let's do the sober thing. We're not going to go to AA because AA is weird and AA is creepy. And, uh, this, this is no good there. So we actually just buckled down, me and a few friends and we just stayed, you know, just stayed completely abstinent from, from drinking and drugs, except for like two packs of smokes a day. Um, and, and everything was fine. And then it was the weirdest thing. I had no intention. I mean, I wasn't like, I'm going to quit forever. And this is dramatic. It was just, uh, something I knew I wanted to try to get my, I wanted to get it together a little bit. I wanted to do well. I wanted to make money. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to go off to college. You know, I was trying to like get the kid out of me or whatever. And, um, and then it, uh, I was at school. And I was in going to school in West Virginia at the time. And, uh, someone offered me a drink and I hadn't drank in like three months or something. And literally I had a great day. I mean, there was really nothing that weird about me drinking this time, right? It really wasn't like this crazy thing, but man, I didn't think about it twice. I drank, but something, I don't know y'all, this is starting to get, it gets weird. The moment I drank again at that time, it was like my drinking went to like kind of maybe concerning to like deeply scary. And I don't know why that is. It was just like, for some reason progression in my experience just went where I went from like, yeah, I can kind of like, you know, I drink a lot, but I can kind of reel it in maybe here and there once in a while to like, man, what is going on? I'm like, it just got, it just got loud real quick enough to where I acquired some of these little interventions from, uh, my team, I played ball there. So I had some of these little, you know, friends of mine over that next year or so decided to intervene or worried about me. You know, they're like, dude, are you okay? Um, you're not showing up and, uh, you're drunk like all the time. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to you know get together. So I tried it. That didn't work. Um, that didn't, that didn't work. And then it got worse. So I'm now I'm drinking heavier. Um, and so I make a plea you know, um, my, oh yeah, my parents had cut me off prior to this too. So that was like, you know, whatever, which I'm grateful for. But, uh, <clears throat> God, this is the worst. Um, I had, uh, called my parents and I, I begged them for help. You know, I was like, I need help. I'm drinking a lot. I need a, you need some help here. And they said, yes, we'll do whatever we can to help you. And, um, what do you, you know, let, how about you do this? Like, you know, you can go to like, get some help for drinking. And I was like, no, no, no. It's really not the drinking though. It's truly not. I really, truly believe that if I was not depressed, if I wasn't anxious, if I wasn't living in West Virginia in this holler, then I would not drink the amounts and in the fashion that I do. Um, and I really just need a good therapist if I had a really good therapist and maybe some decent medication, I think we'll be all squared away because nothing in me wants to drink in the fashion in the way that I did in the amounts that I did. Right. Because it's just like, dude, I get partying, but then you get creepy. Right. It's not good. And, um, shortly after that, I had another, this uh, woman I was living with and I was dating at the time did the whole, like driving a liquor store. and this is the last time I'm ever going to take you. I can't see you do this. And I'm like, God, everyone's so dramatic. Everyone's so (laughs) dramatic. Like, can everyone just chill out with this, like, worried about Lindsay thing, you know? And I didn't catch on to this at all, y'all. Like, I mean, all of these things were like, okay, great, got it. (laughs) And it wasn't until, you know, my parents offered me that help. It was time. It was a little while later. I ended up, like, (laughs) for years, y'all, I thought that I, uh, um, I had no idea what happened with me leaving West Virginia. I can't remember what happened. And then thank God my family like informed me. They were like, Oh yeah, you, um, you just quit. Like you just cussed everybody out and left. And I was like, Oh, that's, that checks out. Like, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I was pissed at everybody and I cussed everybody and just walked out. Um, so anyways, I, uh, ended up moving back home. Right. And I've asked my folks for help this few times and never amount to much but I asked them again <laughs> of course they were like yeah we'll do everything we can to help you and I'm like yeah but not that again so I begged them to live with them I was like yeah, please live with you um and they were like yeah you can live with us and you gotta pay rent you gotta get a job like a real one not like an illegal one like a real one uh <laughs> yeah like a real job and uh and, and just be like decent you know and we'll get you we'll help get your little therapist another one we'll help get you a new medication and all this i was like all right cool and um you know did that and uh i think i went to that therapist a few times hell if i know didn't do any of that but i truly all this whole time i really believed it was my depression i really truly believed it was my depression and my anxiety and if I could not be depressed and if I could not be anxious, I wouldn't drink the amounts that I do. Because I, I didn't have a, up, like previously, I didn't have a problem drinking. It wasn't like I need to stop drinking altogether. It was like, can we just like tone it down? Like the, the amounts and how much and frequently is putting me in a condition, it was seizures, and it's just not good. This is scary. So if we could just tone it down to like a normal level, I'm fine with drinking. I just don't want it to look like this. And unfortunately, though, I didn't have any idea I'm coming up against alcoholism. So I have no idea that I cannot not do that. Like, no matter how much I don't want to do that, I'm going to always do that. It's just my experience. So I try big time moving in with the folks. That's a big deal. My folks don't play. They're like hardcore Southern North Carolinians who are like, don't bring that trash in here. So I was like, yes, I'm doing this. And I do pretty well on the outside for a while, like seriously was going for it. I mean, this was my big come, comeback round, you know, like getting into school again, really going to do it this time. I'm on like, my third school, <clears throat> going to get a real job this time. And I do that. And I'm like, yeah, this is going good. And then what always happens, happens. Um, everything I had ever committed to doing started to go away. I couldn't make it to work. So I start sleeping in the parking lot. So they make sure I'm up in time to be there. And, um, and I didn't see it coming and I was trying so hard, you know? And I, when I was first getting sober, I went to this meeting, like, you know, the Vaughn house. So I went there every day. Cause I was in like, out of this little IOP thing. So they give us rise little meetings and this guy in there, when I was brand new, talked about like, um, spinning plates, he was like, felt like I was spinning plates and they finally fell. And, um. And I, you know, now I, I really do like the way Bill puts it, you know, quicksand stretched around me in all directions. So it was kind of like this experience of a year of this, like, I am moving so fast, trying to keep it all together. And it's, and then finally, you know, when I got separated it was when I just sank, but I was like, I'm moving so fast, but I'm like not going anywhere. But I always think I am like, I always think I'm really doing a lot, but nothing's happening. So, the trickier thing about this last experience was watching, and I had no idea, but this, this boss that I had at the time, who I really liked, who really cared about me, and was really, you know, it's a good guy. He had an intervention on me, too. So, you know it's bad in the restaurant industry. When your manager at the restaurant industry is it's like, hey, I mean, Jerry can attest to that. <laughs> the restaurant industry is like, hey, you're going to roll rough here? Usually, it's not a good sign. So, and this was interesting. A buddy of mine, Jonathan, always says this, that consequences don't get us over, but they start to get our attention. This one got my attention. Like family members, um, friends, girlfriends didn't hold the attention that this guy did. I mean, I always felt like friends and family are just quite dramatic. But this guy is my boss, who I'm not with him all day, every day, but he had watched me over this period of time just continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse where he sat down and he teared up to have this intervention. He was scared for me. He's like, you're okay. You know, I had the liquor, the drinking, you know, you're sleeping, you know, what, are you okay? Cause that's not, the thing is when I show up to this job, y'all, I really am a, I'm a hard worker, right? I'm, I'm intelligent, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent person, Right. So I started off there really, really well. I mean, I'm kicking butt. I mean, I shoot off. And so for me to go from like really hard work or doing well, still showing up, but like, what is going on? Like, they're just watching me just kind of sink. And I'm trying, I'm I'm over here doing this. And that really got my attention, but I just kept drinking for a while. I mean, it's not like I was like, you're right. Let me just stop that right fast but it started to freak me out. Right. I remember getting really impacted by that and tearing up after he left. And I was like, no, I'm going to get, I'm going to get better. Like I'm, I'm j- just going to get it together here in a little bit. And the interesting thing is, is that when I, you know, ended up meeting an individual, meeting this guy who started to explain alcoholism to me and y'all don't know, I mean, some people have this experience, some people don't, but when someone first described to me the spirit, the, um, the allergy, the phenomenon of craving. I mean, y'all, it was like, it explains what, uh, it, many things for which I cannot otherwise account. It, it Just like the doctor's opinion says, like it explained so much for me. I remember being like, oh my God, no shit. Because I just could not understand how nothing in me would want to do that. It's like, y'all, I would drink with no intentions, of, of, of being a, you know, kind of drinking those amounts or acting out in that fashion, um, drinking the, yeah, just, I did not want that. I wanted to be like, just a, just like normal, just cool person. But I always would take it to these levels that I just had no want to do that. So I never knew why I would always do that. And the phenomenon of craving explained it exactly. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think the big book does a really great job of, talking about alcoholism. So, and truly I love it. I mean, I read it almost every time I speak. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is an entirely problem of mental control. And they're talking about the allergy because in my mind, right? It's in my mind. I know I'm I, what I'm going to do. I'm going to be at this class. I'm going to be at work. I'm going to make it to Christmas Eve, right? I'm going to be decent in my mind. I know that. But when it enters my body, my body is is now in control. So it doesn't matter that my mind wants to, you know, tab out at seven. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. My body. All of a sudden, it's like, well, you know what? It's not that big of you I'll just have another one. Oh, you know what? I got. Da, 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 da. I mean, it's just constantly looks like it's changing its mind constantly. But when I look back at it, it's like I would never want to. I didn't want to change my mind. You know, I don't. I didn't want to lose the job. Like I didn't want that to happen. But it's so powerful, the phenomenon of craving, when it goes in me, I really don't have any say of anything. It just takes over beyond my mind. So when that was explained to me, I was like, no shit, dude. Like, that was mind-blowing, right? And then, you know, this guy also broke down to me uh, the obsession, right? That's kind of coupled with the, the spiritual malady, right? Which was, like, fascinating enough. But the allergy was, I mean, I was just like, yes, I've got that thing so clear, right? I mean, I use, this is just, a, it's a loud example. I've got a few, but it's just so loud because it was at the end and at the the last two years for me, like really going, you know, like I'm deeply trying my hardest here, you know, lots on the line for me. So that last year when I signed up for classes, um, at a night class and, um, there's a bar on campus. Night class starts at 7:15. I had like a three and a half hour break, and every Wednesday I would drink at that bar in between classes. Clearly, like duh. And every single Wednesday I would um, order, you know, drink there, and I would always intend on going to class. There was not one Wednesday I went into that bar thinking I'm not going to go to class tonight. My night class. I worked during the day. Every single Wednesday I'm going to this night class, and every single Wednesday. I would start drinking and only made one and a half classes in an entire semester. But I went every single, (laughs) I went every single Wednesday believing I was going to make it. Truly. If I didn't want to go, I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't go to that bar. It's not my place. The only time you'll ever catch me there was in between classes. A bunch of people I did not roll with. frat boys and sorority chicks and all that. Not, not for me, but there I was drinking with them on Wednesday. And every Wednesday, I would suddenly, all of a sudden, my mind's like, well, I'll be a little late. I'll turn the assignment in another time. You know, all of these kinds of things. And I didn't realize that once it goes in my body, my mind is toast. It doesn't matter what I want. It's gone. So it it, it did. The aller- understanding that really did honestly made me feel not so much like a psychopath. So, but don't worry, I got the obsession. I was sitting down with this guy, and he is... um. Of course, he told me something that's still so instrumental. He's just like, if you keep focusing on what alcohol did to you, you're going to die drunk. And you start looking at what it does for you, which didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Well, it did and it didn't. Like, it did make a lot of sense. Now it makes more sense than it ever did. Um, But why would someone like me always, like end up drinking again, we had this big debate about it. So I'm like brand new. And I'm, I'm one of those y'all, when I got spit out, when I was separated from alcohol, I was insanely desperate at that point. There were so many consequences that started to get my attention that I was like, no, seriously, it was the first time that I knew with everything in me that if I drank again, I was going to die or kill you. Um, and I was petrified. I got every other time that I would get these like, Oh my God, I need help. It would fade. It would fade really fast. I'd be like, from like, I'd do anything to like, but those things. Mm-hmm. And this time was like, dude, I'll do wh- whatever, whenever, however, whatever, you know, like I'll do it all. And, uh, and so that's, what's trippy about alcoholism y'all. Cause I just didn't like, even when I'm meeting this guy and he's taking me through the big book. Um, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like one, I'd never met anyone like me who wasn't drunk. Um, so it was crazy sitting in front of someone to me that was ex- like literally describing things that I didn't have language for. I-, I just didn't even know anyone existed in that kind of state of consciousness at all. Like it blew my mind. And, um, and of course, like even in that time period, he was like, you gotta, you know, of course he was like, the only shot you've got is God. and You know, I could care less about God. I mean, that's super weird and it's a foreign freaking thing, but I mean, I tell this to a lot of people because it's my experience and I believe it um, for me is that it's not that I, I did not believe in God. At all, but I, I deeply after sitting with this guy and going through the book, um, I deeply believed in alcoholism. I just firmly, firmly believed that if I did not do. The processes outlined in the book that I would drink again, and I sat there and debated with this guy prior to that kind of understanding, but I debated with him because I was like, well, dude, this time is so different than any other time. And he was like, I bet it is, but I bet it's not. And I'm like, no, like we, like, it's weird. I don't remember much, but I remember this so well. And he was like, (laughs) Lindsay, he was like, is it really that different? I'm like, dude, this time is so different because I didn't really want it that bad the other times, but this time I want it really bad. Like I'm going to die and you don't get it. And I, I do mean, I'm never drinking again. I will never do it. I am bad, blah, 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 drama, 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 drama. And he was like, I know. And I get that. And you will drink again. He's like, I promise you, you will drink again. And he promised me. And I was like, no, I'm not drinking again. See, Carl, you don't get it. I'm like a real, I'm like really bad alcohol. And I'm like desperate and all this. He was like, yeah, I know you are. And you will drink again. It just doesn't matter. And I mean, this is like rocket science stuff. I'm like, what? Is this guy like not hearing me? Like what the hell? And what he was continuing to do was just push me because I just could not. He was trying to show me that every single time I truly believed and we kind of went through it every single time that I tried to quit drinking, especially in that last few years, um, And it was these little attempts. He was like, yeah, I believed I didn't want it that bad because I never have any success. So I'm like, if I don't have any success, I clearly didn't care, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But do you see that, like, any time that you've gotten so bad where you get out of a hospital, you wreck a car, I mean, like, these, like, kind of intense circumstances or consequences that you come out of it very desperate and then rapidly is, it's okay, Right. And I just kind of pan it off goes, like, have you ever considered that maybe you cannot in and of you differentiate truth from false? Is it possible that maybe you don't have any power of choice in that? All right. That every time that a drink gets put <coughs> your way, you can't see the truth in it, that it gets put there and you don't have any defense against it. And I'm like, yeah, but now I have the defense. See, I don't want to drink and that's the defense. And it just really continued to show me that I was truly, truly screwed on a deep level. And it wasn't because it doesn't matter how bad I want it, how much I don't want to drink, how much I believe I'll never drink again. I have never been the defense. I can never be my defense for alcoholism. My mind can't be it. Um, my will can't be it. My my care can't be it. Um, and I truly, in that moment, I remember crying, y'all. This was weird. Anyways, I'm not even going to go into that. Um, but it was like, oh my God, like I have no shot. Like I'm not screwed. I will always drink again. I don't have a choice whether I do or not. So I believed in alcoholism and I believe this guy because my experience showed exactly what he said, which was, it wasn't like every time that I drank again, I was like, you know what I want to do? Tear it down some more, hip hip hooray. Let's go for it. I truly believed every time that I drank without drinking for a period of time, that it was going to be hunky freaking dory that I was not going to drink the amounts, right? Mm. So start to get this idea, and I, I and I did, y'all. My experience was that simple. I freaking did everything this individual told me to do, all right? I did. I just did everything. He told me to pray every night, and I prayed every night under my covers so no one would think I was a loser. But I deeply did not understand anything about this God thing. It's a true thing. <laughs> My little halfway house roommates, you know, I was like, oh God, I'm the only loser and you're doing this stuff, you know? Um, but I didn't care. Y'all was the first time I truly actually didn't even care that much. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be that loser in AA for the rest of my life and I don't care
1: because this is
0: it. And I couldn't be more wrong about that, about just kind of having this dull life without drinking. But I did everything that was outlined and then I had the experience that I I can't tell you what time it happened. I can't tell you exactly how much time sober I had. I can't tell you where I was at in the step work. But I can tell you um what it was and it was this this just it overcame me where I was like, holy crap, I realized that I that you were me. And I remember I was in this like out of this outpatient thing and someone came in. I was like, holy crap. Like they could get better. Because I just sense, I don't know. It's like, dude, I just actually cared about Someone like I actually was like compelled to actually possibly share this with someone, you know. I wanted to share it with someone. I mean, it did a little time. I'd done uh, gone through like a good portion of the book by then, and I was just like, Oh, it just clicked, you know, something just connected for me. And I was just like, Dude, I want to show you this, I need to show you this because I mean, just like any other drunk dope fiend I've ever met, everyone truly does think they're different. It's fascinating. Everyone truly does think that, think that you know, well, I am different or I, I'm not blah, blah, blah. And like, no one is. It's not complicated. You know, I mean, so I was just very clear that I was like, oh my God, of course, I didn't think that that would be my experience when I met people who said, I'm like happy and free. I was like, that's cute and shit. But like, no, like I don't even care about happy and free. I don't even have a, like an experiential concept or word for that. I just deeply didn't want to drink.
1: I just deeply was
0: terrified of drinking. And, um, but it, it just, something happened. Something came over me and I was just like, dude, I've got to help you. Like, I want to help you. Like, I want to help you share this with you. And, um, and I did that. And then, you know, I'm so blessed. I mean, I had just such a powerful experience with, um, with the big book and, and it, none of it would have been available to me if, uh, another individual, did not pass on and share the 12 step process with someone, you know, and, you know, currently I, uh, I mean, one thing, Jerry and I were talking tonight and he said, there's a few things he said that I just truly appreciated. One was he said, I don't, um, which you might've got it from your sponsor, but that's fine. I'm going to share it. Um, I don't have a sponsor because they know more of me. I have a sponsor because they're not me. And I love that you know, I, d- I need people in my life. It's just, it's just not me. So I need people to be mirrors for me. I need people to teach me. I need people to guide me. It's my experience that the most powerful teachers in my life. I mean, a lot of them, some have more time, doesn't matter, but I really, j- truly am one of those people. Simplistically, the best students are teachers and the best teachers are students. Um, and I have been guided and taught things from, and I can, I'm an eternal. Like I'm really a byproduct of amazing people around me, and that's truly it. Um, because around a few years, I got hooked back up, and we, I started going through the steps again. And years later, and I mean, I was always sponsoring. I mean, y'all, you know, there's if there's one thing that's been super, super consistent in my life, it's self-sacrifice for others. Um, I mean, I can, I can talk about step work and all that cool stuff, and it's so vital to go through the process. But what the deal is is that. The 12-step process, uh, in my experience, believing in alcoholism, all right, and actually experiencing that first step puts me in a position to go through a process that opens me up to connect to you. Because that's all alcohol ever did for me, was allowed me to connect with you. You know, that's what it did for me. It relieved me of the bondage of me, and all of a sudden, I'm now feeling connected, all right? That's why when people, you know, you hear me, and they like, oh, I never felt comfortable on my own skin, and, you know, I always felt like I was alone in a crowd, all right, I get that, you know, and those are just different ways of like, I am self-centered and um, <laughs> I'm disconnected from myself and others and my creator. So being able to treat alcoholism, uh, you know, that's what the the 12 step, step process allows this thing to get cleared out so I can connect with you. It relieves me of the bondage of me or puts me in a position to guide you, which relieves me of the bondage of me. Right, because the twelve steps in and of themselves are—I mean, yeah—you got to have that experience. But I think the most heartbreaking thing is—is is when I'm like working with a woman, and they don't share it. It's just like heartbreak Cause that's the whole deal. Steps are dope, man. They're like that's what's gonna like get you possibly open you up to a relationship with your creator. It's gonna give you a window, like a door. Um, but if you want to really get with one, you you just share with others and self self-sacrifice, um, and connecting with others. I literally, it's been, I like, I'll say some like cool stuff sometimes. And someone's like, wow, that was really cool. I'm like, yeah, it came from a newcomer sitting across my kitchen table. said the coolest, I'm serious. You know, honestly, sitting down with individuals and I'll say things I'm like, yeah, you know, I was taking a girl through inventory and she said that and it was powerful, Right. And I'm so grateful that I can um, have these experiences. So, and then another pretty vital part a few years, about halfway, I don't know, six or five years ago, really was this, (laughs) which it sounds like, y'all, this is going to sound so silly, but this is so true. So, not only when I had about three years sober, this, uh, Carl was like, hey, would like, how about we go through these steps, but like, all of them. It's a new, I know. I was like, wait, because up until then I'd done everything that anyone had ever told me to do, except I didn't have any teachers to show me. I didn't really know you actually did a 10 step. I just thought it was something we talked about in meetings. I thought it was like kind of cute. Well, like, you know, all these kind of things I had just completely missed. And so that was, whoa. So going through the steps and actually doing what's in the book, like the prayers that are outlined, the actions that are outlined, it's crazy. And then around five and a half years, some buds and I get together and the guy, <laughs> he was like, what if we like did all the amends? Wait, like the book talks about that too. Like it was like, whoa, what if we do all this stuff? Like, do I believe, um, not only in, in my creator, but is it, do I believe that me making all my amends is directly correlated with my relationship with God? Therefore, my, my internal freedom and connectedness with you and cleaning my past and all this type of stuff. And that's another thing. When I tell people I'm a byproduct, I'm sincere, internally grateful to people in my life. That's cause it's true. If I didn't have people continuing to question me and disturb me and teach me and hold my hand and like guide me through the way, I just would not be able to share it with you. And, um, anyone that knows me would tell you, I mean the bright spot, um, right spot of my life truly is helping others. Right. And I did, I mean, I, I'm very, very continually committed to making all my amends. I believe it's important. Um, and, uh, as simple little, this was also mind blowing to me when Carl was like, Hey, uh, cause I used to talk a lot of stuff and he'd be like, well, like, if you want to know what you believe, you'll just kind of look at your feet. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, like it was like, Oh man, like, because I would say a lot of things, work the steps, read the book. I'm over here doing book studies, teaching the book. But dang, if I had made amends in five years, you know. And I was like, dang, what if? What would happen? What is possible if I actually completed that? Why am I not doing that? You know, what is preventing me? What is blocking me from having a new experience of helping and in, in, in connecting with another, another one of my brothers and sisters? And, uh, I mean, of course, you know, 10 and 11 are just out of control. I am not even, I mean, I'm about to wrap it up here soon. Cause I mean, I don't know y'all 10, except 10. I didn't do that for a long time. I had no idea you actually did it. It was fascinating. Like, I was like, well, watch, wait, like you have to have awareness. And then how about this one? When someone told me you couldn't really do 11 without 10, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. If I don't have awareness through the day, how am I going to review it? And like never click for me. <laughs> it's like, God, people help me do these things. Like, people just help me. And I'm grateful for the God that gives me the willingness to be open to receive it and ask for it. Um, and so I am. I'm pretty, pretty freaking, I'm a little disciplined when it comes to, to 10, 11, and 12. Um, and I would love to tell you, I mean, the other day, something I don't, I'm just, just grateful. I have it very instilled in me to chop, just chop wood and carry water. Um, and that's just what I do I have a, I have a home group and I show up if I'm, in, if I'm in the state of Georgia I'm there unless it's a family emergency or something like that I'm just there I rarely, I mean there's, it's, it's so funny someone's like well you know what I was just tired I didn't feel like it I'm like wait like, I can't remember the last time I was like you know what so excited, I'm gonna go to this meeting like I don't, it's not no it's because it's my word it's my commitment and I'm there not because of anything else but for you it's for you right? Which is my creator. That's why I show up to a phone call with a sponsee. That's why I show up to meet you is because not like, Oh, I really do believe that it's not even like this selfish thing. It'd be like, it's really a personal kind of thing for me. I don't like that. People are like, well, you know, the 12 steps quite selfish. I don't, that's not my experience. My experience is that it's insanely selfless and that it being selfless, I get to be with you. And when I'm connected and in presence with you, I'm connected and in presence with my creator. And there's nothing that gives me more an expansive experience with my creator than self-sacrifice and knowing that I am you and you are me. There's nothing more powerful than that. So when people get up at a podium and they're like, you know, this is the real dope guys, you know, <laughs> I, so corny, it's so true, you know, it's just so true. And, um. And that's like like, honestly sponsorship uh, or carrying the message, however you want to word it. I don't really care. There's nothing. um, I like. I'm gonna read this. It says, "Life will take on new new meaning." And when I'm working with someone, I say, "Okay, if it's a new meaning, what would the old meaning of my life be?" And they're like, "Me?" I was like, "Yeah." So the old meaning of life is you, my problems, Lindsay's drama, why all this crap's happening, but. All of a sudden, when I've basically gone through this experience, my spirit is woken up as a result of it. Then I cannot not like being in front of you and sacrificing time. It's like I do have a new meaning. My meaning is like Jerry is suffering, you know. And now that I'm clear that I that we are connected, I can I can help him. And I'm like need to be an agent for that. And this is you deal know, to watch people recover, to see him help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you. To have a host of friends, this is an experience you must not miss, and I, I I do believe that I I can't miss it. And I believe if you miss this experience, you've missed the whole thing. The whole thing is is basically connecting with your brothers and sisters and with your Creator, to have the same impact produced as whatever your whatever liquor did for you, all right. And if we don't experience something like that, I doubt we have a shot, right? Because someone like me, you leave me separated and long enough and this is why someone like me always drinks again all right because without any other way of connecting right another way of relief of the bondage of self i will absolutely find relief for bondage of self my experience shows two ways of doing it liquor or self-sacrifice for others there's only two experiences i have i don't really have any other. i mean it's like that's it you know um so i do believe if someone doesn't this is an experience you must not miss. I don't believe it's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to take a side break on that one. But I do believe that if I'm not in continually, if I'm not continually engaging in this, in this experience with God, because that's what it is. It's an experience with spirit. And if I'm not witnessing it and participating in it and having fun and laughing, be all that stuff, dude, then guess what? Walls start coming in. Things start getting a little itchy. You start to get a bit annoying. Self starts to kind of, cripple in my life resentment waves in right i start to be disconnected from you now all of a sudden you know catch me at a meeting i'm like hi but no one really knows i'm in the dark again all right and self is cropped up around me and uh that's kind of how it felt drinking right and i felt that sober i mean damn um which is fine but i tell you this this right here is continuing to experience of it's, it's something i can't miss is Watching you experiencing God, I can't miss that. And I truly don't want to miss it. It's the, it, it's incredible. Um, when, you know, frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is a bright spot of our lives, which is also my experience. Because guys, I don't know. I've been like really weepy since September. Um, I don't know what that's about. Like I'm talking, I was crying at like a baking show not too long ago. Um, when this woman won, I was like, oh my God, she won. Oh my God. I was like tearing up. Um, it's super weepy and super weird, but it's great. I've been soft. You know, I don't know. I just go through these ways. I've just been really soft. And, um, I don't know. I don't, I have just been very reflective and I want to take this time. It just means a lot because there's people in here and it, and it's a small crowd, but there's people in here that have, made an impact on my life that has changed, changed my life. And I, and if it wasn't for individuals going out of their way to spend time with me, to teach me, to question me, to tell me things I didn't want to hear, to, um, answer the calls. And if someone wasn't willing to drive, you know, when I got sober, I was living in Cumming, Georgia and Carl would drive from Alpharetta three times a week in traffic. And if people weren't willing to do that, I just don't know if I would have um, the experience left today. So I know I'm weepy, but that's why when people don't understand, I'm like, dude, I I cannot not be an agent for this. It's within me. And to the fact that I know that you can, that it is available to you. And if someone's in a position to receive the help, yeah, dude, like I got you. I will absolutely show up. And I would be honored to, to participate in that process. I've watched people's lives get recreated. I'm talking different people. I've literally watched it with my own eyes, knowing that it wasn't me, wasn't them, but it was something. You know, something happened, and it completely changed their entire life. And it's continuing to change. And I feel very honored to, to be a part of it. And I also want to thank everybody for for being in my life and teaching me and guiding me. And um if there's anyone in here that does sacrifice their time for others and try to help others through this process, like thank you. Um and if there's anyone in here who's in a position to receive it and who is in a position to be sponsored, thank you. Because I mean you have no idea what the possibilities that lie ahead will be outside of, of your mind. So I thank you all for for listening to me and allow me to share your space tonight. Um, love you. Yep. That's it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad free and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.